Hi, this is Lou Moultrie. Welcome to Freedom to Talk podcast, a women's chat room. In this series, we are talking about domestic abuse and the impact it has on women and their families. The women who are speaking in this series have all been impacted by violence and abuse. This is an opportunity for these women to get their voices heard, start the conversation and dispel those myths. These are all honest accounts being discussed and can be distressing. So please, please take care when listening. Let's celebrate these women for speaking out. everyone this is Lou Moultrie the host of Freedom to Talk podcast as you know it's a women's chat room and we have a great bunch of women Um, you know most of them by now so we have Ginny we have Nina myself and Michaela I really would love you to join us with this conversation because we're going to talk about how safe we feel as women living in London or living anywhere, to be quite honest. And this is, um, I think it's an important discussion for all of us. So, yeah, let's begin. Who wants to go first? Kayla, I can see you want to have a... Yes, I just wanted to say, you know, as we've been discussing before, the, the fact that as a woman, I'm very aware that just even just going out to do the most basic things, I'm probably thinking totally different than a man does. I'm having to think, who's around mm. me? Do I have my keys in my pocket that I can grab if I need to, to defend myself? Yeah. You know, especially when I'd... I'd um, if I've got an umbrella, how can I use it? You know, just little things that I don't think a guy has to think of as he steps out of his front door to go to any event. Yeah. Who's sitting near me? Yeah. Is anyone watching my phone? You know, is anyone looking at what I'm writing? Are they checking my, you know, I'm trying to put my passcode in to get open my phone. Little things which others might think you've been paranoid, but as a person who has experienced various levels of yeah. uh you know, violence or whatever. Yeah. It's something I have to think about all the time. I can't just step out without thinking, mm. okay, check or it maybe even checking my car, whatever it may be. Um and I think it's kind of strange because I, I walked around in New York once and I was on my own. I didn't feel that that level of of, of oh, uncertainty. Yeah, so I didn't is it, feel that. is it London or is it the area you live? Well I think London and the area I live. The area I live is is, is, is not great. But um yeah. yeah, I think I think in general I felt less safe in London than I have in other places. Okay. And I've been in different countries, yeah. And the chances are, though, realistically, the chances are that the risk is just as great or or, or less than as each other. Being in New York, it's quite a busy, vibrant area of lots of people, so that could be classed as similar to London. Um, Probably, yeah. But it's, it's interesting as women how that feels so as you were just saying that with the keys oh god you know I I don't do it now um but then I hardly go out because I don't feel as safe to as a woman but um I remember some years ago so this was about maybe 15 years ago when I did a lot of uh, shift work and I would hold um I'd come out of the door and in the area where we were it come out quite late after the evening shift and have my keys in my hand and I had to lock up and I felt very very vulnerable all the time I would close the door lock up have 
a set of keys in one hand, thought that I wasn't really a paranoid or a feeling unsafe person. But I would also ring my husband before I left the building and keep my phone in my pocket and always say to him, if you hear anything, call the police straight away. So that is an indicator how unsafe I must have felt um, to come out of that building about 10 o'clock in a London borough. I'd only take my phone off of record once I'd got in my car and locked the doors. So, yeah, God, that's really... You know, that um... was a, yeah, that was me the other day. I literally had to just drop off something to someone because they'd fallen ill. Mm-hmm. And it was about the same sort of time, 9, 30, 10 o'clock. And I said to my son, if I'm not back in now, I'll call me. Mm-hmm. Which I wouldn't have said, you know, a long time ago um, yeah. when I was younger. As I'm getting older, I think I'm feeling more vulnerable. And again, as soon as I sat in my car, I pressed lock. I locked the door straight away. Is it different areas, um, Michaela? Because you know what I'm thinking as well? is that I li- live in a different area now. I feel quite safe if I was going to go to the shops late. I'm not out, out. I mean, in pubs and clubs and stuff like that. Um, but if I was to have to go for a walk somewhere... I would not feel that sense of vulnerability that I did when I lived in the London boroughs. I visited my sister who lives at the coast. And I just, as you were saying, I was thinking, I got out the car, I left the door open and I went to go do something. I would never do that even for a second. Where so I we're very hypervigilant, are we, when we're in different boroughs or different areas? I think areas? so. Because that- the area was different. It felt calm. There was a lot of older people there that lived there. It was like more of a retirement area. Yeah. Quiet near the coast. I didn't feel that sense of, you know, looking around me even. I had the door. I left the door open. My stuff in the car. I think my bag may have even still been in the car. You just I'm really surprised. Oh, my God. I, 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 know, I know, because I'm thinking about it. As we're talking about it, it's like, yes, there is this thing. You don't think about it at the time. But yeah. there is a sense of, okay, I'm, in, I'm not in this area. I'm in a different area. It's okay. I can breathe a bit. Yeah. You know. And I I suppose what I'm thinking of as well is in different, not just different areas, but different scenarios. So in pub, I'm very alert about who's in there, what I'm feeling. And I do feel that the the feeling about, I don't know, it's because, is it because I've experienced violence and abuse? Or is it because this is real? And I, I, I do believe it's real because I, you over here, I think I'm quite nosy as a person anyway. <laughs> so and listening into people's conversations, but you overhear the way people speak about women, about their partners, about their daughters. And I don't feel it is how it should be. I don't feel the conversations are as it's all done in a joking way, but I feel, and it is the line of work I do as well, so I understand that, but I feel that there is no joking about women, you know, to be sexist about them. There isn't, it might have been something that we accepted years ago, but I'm not acceptant of that anymore. I'm not acceptant that that's a joke. I wouldn't find it funny if my sons told jokes um, demeaning on women um, or my grandson or or anyone or, or other women. I don't. I, I clock onto it straight away and I don't I don't like it if I hear it off of other people. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of that about. But again, is that because it's somewhere that feels unsafe for me? There, I mean, there's a lot of places I do feel safe, but that's supposed to be the supermarket. So why is that? I feel like I'm going to be attacked in a supermarket. Yeah, so, so what's, what's that about? I think on another note, though, I mean... I've had situations where I've decided I'm going to be good to myself. I felt really good. I've walked out feeling, you know, I've, I've dressed up really nicely, yeah. gone to an event. And on the way to the event, almost almost arriving at the event, I was stopped by some quite young guy mm. who felt it was okay. To, I mean, and, and back in the day, it might have been a compliment, but tell me how gorgeous he thought I was. And he knew I was an older woman, but he'd like to try with an older woman. Yeah. Um, so fortunately, I was in a stronger place 
in my mentally that I could deal with it. Yeah. But had it been some years ago, I'd have probably been, I would have freaked out. Do you know what I mean? But a lot of, I've noticed that um, that my story isn't unusual. Yeah. Other women are having that same situation where men, even with the laws that have changed, they feel they can stop a woman, physically stop them and tell them, you know, that they want to be with them, even if it's a random stranger. Yeah. Which for some people would be devastating to have someone do that to them. So there is that feeling of men, a lot of men feel entitled out there now. The younger guys especially yeah. feel entitled. As you were speaking, Michaela, and I don't know if any of the other ladies have um, watched the video that's gone out from the Mayor of London. And it is about hate responsibility. I forgot what it's called, but it's been out recently. And it was a big campaign about it's not OK to speak about women or threaten them. It's about taking responsibility as one of the men in a group. And it is aimed at men, the, the male sex against females. It's actually call it out don't just stand back and watch people if I remember right the video is that there's these young guys younger guys in their 20s it's quite late at night they come out and there's this girl and she's waiting for a taxi or she's sitting on a bench she's just on her phone and one of the guys says oh do you want a Chris or what are you doing tonight? And she's sort of, you can see that she's feeling uncomfortable and they're all joking. And there is one of the guys that's thinking, say something, do something, stop it. And um, it carries on, but it carries on. And because she doesn't engage with them, she's not being rude. She's literally should be left on her own. She's there, unless she's asked for help. She's there, she's waiting for someone. And it's it's harassing her. It sort of comes across as I'm only just having a laugh. It's quite intimidating. I felt intimidated when I was watching it. So I thought it was a great uh, way of promoting this. But then one of the guys is having this conversation with himself saying, come on, speak up, speak up. And in the end, he says, far too late, I have to say. It says, come on, leave her alone. Leave the girl alone or something like that. And she gets in the cab. And you can see she's physically distraught and it has really shaken her and her. I think that happens a lot. I, I really do feel that that I happens have, a lot. Have I you? have personal experience um, when I was a bit younger. I was saying that I have personal experience and especially men in, in, in groups. Yeah. Um, and one would say it's very, very similar to, to what happened in a video. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so I wanted to join in this conversation because I've got a uh, personal experience yeah. of, of this happening um, from, you know, going out as, as a younger self. Um, and it was very similar to, to the scenario that happens in the video. Yeah. Um, have you seen quite the video? A few, I have, yeah. Um, and, it, and it is very similar. And they, they go like, why can't you just, you know, smile? What's, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Get a sense of you or, you know. Are you he gets quite aggressive, you doesn't know. he, when um, she ignores him? Or even, yeah, yeah. Or even like things like the, the wolf whistling, you know, the old, it's just um, so uncomfortable. And, and, and it's good that um, the police are, are, are trying to make it everyone's responsibility and just yeah. saying if you witness an unacceptable be- behavior speak up because of my personal experience in my life I have witnessed a lot of men being aggressive so I have to say I don't feel safe around men in in public spaces or e- even if it's out in big groups mm. you know in in pubs like, like you're saying I just have this inner alarm around men because of what's happened to me. Not helped by all the news and everything we are hearing from around us, what's happening to women. And taking it as far as the police, there's been so many reports of various bad police officers 
Absolutely. And we are in the met um, area, aren't we? Uh, we are. You know, none of this helps me feeling safe. Both of you and um, Michaela were saying that when you go out, you've got to sort of have to pre-plan and you're always sort of risk assessing everything yeah. when you go. Do you know something, um, Ginny? I don't think it's even pre-planning. I think it's it's embedded hmm. in who I am. So I can see Nina nodding there. So I've already gone out. And as you're talking, it's such good to have these conversations because as you're talking, Ginny, I was thinking about, oh, do I feel safe if there's two of us that went out or three of us? And actually, no, I almost feel like we're a target of women then so I could feel it the sensation in my body and that's not come from nowhere that's not all about because we are victims of of crime this is because we are sensing it and we're alert to the fact that actually it can be dangerous and men can be dangerous so this is I just want to put the record straight I'm not this is not a men flogging conversation it just shows you because I asked the question, do we feel safe as women? What has come out is around men. No, I think I've had this conversation with my husband quite a few times about the level of prostitution, the level of violence against women, what goes on on the streets of London. And it seems to be the conversation is lost because it's all about the women and violence against women we're not naming that there is a problem because it is men that the level of men that are actually out there that are degrading women that are pimps that are um, violent against their girlfriends and there wouldn't be such a level of domestic abuse if the level of men and we know that this is same-sex relationships as well I'm not going to skirt around the issue the level of violence against women is predominantly males um, at much a a higher percentage of males that are are violent against women and girls. This really comes into it. And and I just started that conversation by saying, I'm not going to, you know, men bash because there are some wonderful men out there, but I really feel not enough. Is it, it's just not enough of the good guys. Why should they be called good guys? Why aren't they just called men? Why do you have to look for a good guy? Why aren't they consistently respectful to women? After all, um, they would have been born from, and that's a given, whatever you think about gender and equality, you would be born from a woman, from a womb. But um, Nina, you were you were nodding. I even forgot what point you were nodding then. Um, I think I was nodding about it being embedded in me. Yeah. So I personally don't feel unsafe. Mm. And then thinking about it, everything is automatic to me. So it's almost as if I've grown up knowing as a female to be careful. Yeah. So I've automatically put in certain behaviours, don't mm. walk down a, a quiet alleyway through mm. the park late at night. It shouldn't be that way. Mm. But I don't feel unsafe because I haven't taken that route in the first place. Do you see what yeah, I mean? And just to tell everyone, we had this conversation before we started, didn't we, Nina? And Nina said, oh, I don't know whether I've got anything to bring to this, because we were talking about police and safety and, and responses. And she said, a, a lot of our experiences have been negative, some positive. But, and Nina, you were saying that your experience on just say another subject was positive and won't have anything to bring to this. And it's absolute for, you know, we all have differences and it's important because whoever's listening will have different experiences. It's, it's important. Not all of us 
will feel unsafe. Yeah, it was just important to bring that up. So if I think relatively, I've been to South Africa and there I did feel unsafe. But did I feel unsafe because I had experienced it? No, it's because of what I'd been told. So I'm not just normally vigilant the way I would be in England um, subconsciously. Mm. I was making sure I was being vigilant. Yeah. When I've been in other continental countries, I know I have to be vigilant about pickpocketing. So that is a form of crime. So I would be hyper vigilant to that. Mm. And what Michaela was saying about being a man feeling differently from a female being it's a huge you know, point isn't it I'd love to have the huge. discussion with them is and the- I've got a story that somebody confided in me that they had recently found out that their I think older teenage son yeah had just turned trans yeah he was going for an operation mm. he said but he's actually scared and the only thing that he's scared about is about so he wants to be female yeah. But the thing that he's scared about is safety. As Making that say. transition to being, that was the yeah. only thing he, that was actually frightening him. Mm. All the rest was he was feeling totally natural about it. It was what he wanted, but it was. To and be it a really, woman is unsafe. Yeah, it suddenly, oh my yeah. goodness. It suddenly yeah. hit when a male suddenly has to transition. All of a sudden they start understanding what it's like to be a female that me myself you know when I was saying before I feel safe it's because I've taken Mm. for granted all the measures that I've put in through my life to be safe is that feeling his feeling unsafe to be a woman is it because of the transition and the prejudice that comes with being trans so I'm wondering if that is part apparently not apparently not it's knowing the changes so from what I was no one knew yeah and he's presenting or she will be presenting and be a woman that is the issue not the fact that anyone would know not judgments yeah Yeah, it's not that Ah. he's not bothered about the judgments because that has been accepted in his reality how he internally Mm. will feel emotionally as well having to be a female and having to accept and understand and live the vulnerability that we live wow that can i just say that's that's the local statistic actually that because i know i've got a lot of gay and trans friends yeah. That violence against trans women, it could potentially are higher or just as high as women, because a lot of, especially if a man finds out that that's a, that is a trans, I've heard a lot of friends have been beaten up because they've, oh, you're, you're trans, they get beaten up just for that alone, mm. not because they were once a man, but because they feel now, well, you've obviously wanted this, so they feel entitled to then take it further, even if the person has said no. Yeah. Because if you would, if you didn't want this, why did you change sex? They yeah. don't understand. It's not about wanting to have sex oh all the time. Oh my God, you know what I mean? just as Seriously, you said that, that Michaela, yeah. if you don't want this, if you yeah. don't want this violence, why did you change? change that's what right. that's saying to me. That's yeah. quite, yeah. that's so And that's the mentality, so unfortunately, shocking. out there, yeah. It is shocking, but that's some of the reality. And it's only when you mix with people, you think, oh, gosh, that is that. It's not just what you see on TV. That's really what some people's mentality is. Yeah. You must have wanted this, otherwise you wouldn't have changed. Yeah. Yeah. Sad, isn't it? But Oh, it's, it's, it's absolutely shocking. It's shocking. Yeah. So let's have a look at how does it feel for our girls? So if any of us have nieces, views, mm. or, or daughters, or friends, or goddaughters, do we worry do we over worry for them or are they worried I don't worry and or I don't worry excessively put it that way I think I my daughter I'm almost as if I am for myself Mm. so you're conscious of what uh, she might be exposed to 
but I think both in my teaching and certainly from how I know her, she would be careful for the right or wrong. We're born as we are in the society that we're in, if you know what I mean. Not saying that it's right. I want to make sure that comes across. I think I hit the other scale. You know, when you have those things in the fairgrounds, I don't know if you have them anymore, but you you hit them with a great big mallet and they go ding Mm. at the top. I feel like I'm the other end of that. (laughs) You know, (laughs) Nina, I feel like I'm going ding, ding, ding. I feel very, very scared, honestly, for younger women that I know that go out. I'm forever, forever saying don't, you know, don't, if you're the last one in the taxi, make sure you check on that person. I do believe that it is my exposure to working with sexual violence, rape and domestic abuse. I do believe it's the exposure. But then I have to challenge that is but this is real just because I have been in this line of work and I've heard this and how much women are drug raped and different things. And I know, I absolutely do know that this is a male problem as well of male rape. As we know, the the perpetrators of rape are men. You have to be a man to rape someone, but it is not just a female that can be raped. It is both. But I feel very, very protective over any of family or friends of the younger ones, younger generation, women in general that go out, are travelling anywhere, Um, To have a great time, festivals, I feel my body goes on high alert because these are real true crimes that I have heard off of thousands of women and we know that they exist or I know that they exist. So that'd be a normal response for me not to be worried after hearing so many things that have happened. That's in airports, festivals, um, travelling on trains, on buses, attacks assaults um yeah i most probably have been exposed to listening to a lot of that stuff but it is happening it does happen i feel protective to hear if people are going out with groups of of people i you know i maybe i didn't realize how protective i feel but i feel okay having that feeling of being i would rather feel like that than ignore it i think if you ignore that this stuff goes on you don't you don't hear it even more because you're not open to hearing it. So I think maybe it is because of the line of work or the level of knowledge I have in this that I hear more disclosures of people that don't even know what I do. So I've heard it in pubs. Um, it sounds like I'm in pubs constantly. <laughs> but in restaurants, um, in the toilets um, where women are talking, Um, I've heard women disclose stuff to me and they have no insight that I have been linked to this work and so I think maybe I give off something that I'm open to hearing it I don't I'm not pushing people to have this discussion about this stuff but I've heard a lot of disclosures off of off of random women so and if I really thought about friends and family I'm not going to put a percentage on it but it's high it's high the women that I know that have been abused as children that have been raped and that have been sexually assaulted or groomed or suffered domestic abuse. I know far more people that have had that. And again, this comes back to the conversation I had with my husband. If that is the case, then there are how many of those men out there that are doing this 
because it takes them to be doing it. Not women are just victims, not, not just looking at women as a whole, we're all victims. No, let's look at men. How many of you are perpetrators doing this? So, I, but I think that's why they're trying so to get depressing. <laughs> I feel they so need to help in the, in the schools. They need to they need to continue and increase the work in the schools from when they're younger to yeah. try and nip it in the bud. And I think this is my personal belief. I think this is possibly one of the only ways to start educating them younger as to what is appropriate, what's inappropriate Absolutely. for the boys and the girls. Yeah, because boys also need this... boundaries. We as humans, yeah. humans need boundaries to protect yeah. and keep them safe. Yeah. Also, this pack mentality. To, I mean, it's better if they don't hang around in packs, and that's the way I put it in packs because it can. Mm. Unfortunately, even if you're not that way inclined, if you're with the wrong people, you can end up just going along with something. Yeah. And like with with the girls, if you are in a group, you can have a couple of boys in the mix who are close friends because I found that's often the safest way. Yeah. If there's a if there's a male friend in that mix, there's less luck. There's less chance they're going to get abused or attacked by out other men outside. That's, that's been my experience, See, that is. That's been my how, experience. And as you're saying that again, Michaela, I can totally, I feel safer when there are men. Yeah, you're less so, likely you know, to get accosted. Just, you know, I, yeah, I'm just thinking about that is there's a feeling of more safety being out if there are men in there. In fact, if I'm going to a restaurant, I wouldn't really have that thought about feeling unsafe if we're sitting with men. Mm. Yeah, I would be very aware of just sitting with women who was in there. Yeah. So it just shows you that when we bring it into our consciousness of what we do actually really feel. It's hard because I'd really like to have the discussion. I mean, or have a hundred women on this uh, all talking about, is it? Because it starts to feel like, oh God, is it? Is it just us? Is it because we've gone through this stuff? But then no. Nina's saying that you you mm. you feel quite safe. Nina, mm. just if you don't mind me asking, is that same safety in a relationship as well? If you were on dating? No. So you don't feel safe it was a one-to-one dating? I wouldn't feel safe. Yeah. No. But I feel safe in public. Okay. Is Because I'm not digging for you to feel no. unsafe. And what would that be about, do you think? Have you even thought about it? What would that? that be about relating to past experiences or definitely for me definitely past experience and, and there's that... a huge level of trust certainly on an intimate relationship level that's mm. my personal experience um because I didn't feel it before I think yeah. if I wasn't with my husband I would feel very dubious about entering into a relationship I'm wary I'm it. untrusting and I wouldn't believe what I was hearing. So I wouldn't even be able to get past that point of someone being nice mm. because I lived the experience of many years of believing somebody was nice. Mm. And then after 30, you suddenly realise, in my mind, it's how can you live with somebody 30 years and not even see or consciously see an inkling of mm. what they really were underneath? Mm-hmm. Being the polar opposite of what they had portrayed for that long, mm. I don't feel... It's almost like I don't trust myself in being able to see it again. Mm, that's really interesting. Ginny, what's your thoughts on this? Very similar to, to Nina's. So you feel safe outside? or No, um, I, as I've said before, I don't, I don't really feel safe around men in general. Mm. And probably less so in, in intimate relationships because of past experience when you've been gaslit and your sense of reality mm. distorted so much the trust 
in especially being an intimate partner is gone and and probably the trust in myself mm. similarly to it's actually stroke a chord they feel more educated on it yeah but then still from hearing from others experiences how perpetrators work how do you ever know uh, the difference between so I can see are, everyone are being, nodding now when this you know, conversation they, is coming up how do you ever know who's either being genuinely person? nice or yeah. always thinking having to analyze well everyone's behaviors really um yeah that comes to acquaintances and, and everyone family mm. uh, that's really interesting <clears throat> like be, being trauma aware now mm. seeing Oh, that's where I fight with myself. Is yeah. it when I when I see like red flags in people's behaviors? Yeah. Is it because they are a perpetrator or big is it because they're having a trauma response? So in me, I'm always still trying to look for the good in people and it may probably maybe sometimes excusing some behaviors. But then what how do you know? <laughs> Thank you, Ginny. It sounds very stressful being out. I'm feeling very stressed. Mm. How many of us are feeling stressed in our bodies now? <laughs> I was just gonna just say it's exhausting. It's exhausting thinking about because when you when you like Gin Ginny yeah. just mentioned that I've realized like there's times I've come back from an evening bout somewhere and I have been exhausted because I've had to be thinking, overthinking when the I, you know, yeah, I know everything analyzing every conversation mm. <laughs> and I'm the same I think I I trust less I want to love and I want to trust I really do because that's my that's my inner little child I've yeah. always been that way but I've had to protect myself and so now it's that thing of did they really mean that well they're saying that just to get something from me or did, you know and having to psychoanalyze everything and it yeah. is exhausting it's exhausting <laughs> to just flop into my bed at the end of an evening it's like oh gosh it sounds like I'm gonna go next week <laughs> I, I'm actually feeling tired in my head. So I don't know whether the people that are listening to this, I think, oh my God, this is so depressing. <laughs> it's like, but this is it. You know, if we don't talk about this stuff and it is just us, we're a group of women just talking and being real and being honest about how we feel. The, the question was, is how safe do we feel as women or how do we feel as women? And it sounds like pretty, pretty unsafe. However, I just want to look at a different angle on this. If you were feeling unsafe now and you were out today, 2022, if you were feeling unsafe now or something happened now, would you call the Met Police? What would you do? I'm going to answer this first. So have a think about this. But if something happened to me now or someone accosted me or hassled me, yes, it is a clear answer for me, even though there has been a lot of coverage about how women are still being let down and not heard. In saying that, I do believe that there are some good officers out there. It shouldn't be the pick of the draw. Um, when you get a good one that's exactly doing their job or what they're meant to do, it's so refreshing to hear, but it shouldn't be like that. But going back, I'm going on a bit, but yes, I would, because I want perpetrators to be cool. Um, but in saying that, when we are sexually assaulted so if we're talking about a sexual assault or we are in domestic abuse at that time the trauma may, may be too great so I may be saying it now rationally thinking and saying yes of course I would pick the phone up and report immediately I'm talking about a sexual assault or harassment outside now I'm not talking about domestic abuse because I think that's very very different and I think I'm at that point in my life if it was a family member yes I would pick up the phone. I do feel that I would do that. Um, I know it's not straight cut. 
I do have some belief in in the police. Some, I have to say. Um, so it's not an easy one. If, if something happened, would there be a response to actually call the police and report what should have been Absolutely, your experience? Yeah. Absolutely, yes. And I've done it not for an immediate experience, yeah, but for a past experience. And they were on it straight away. And they did everything that they should have done or could have done. Yeah. And internally, because it had happened so long ago, mm. it wasn't necessarily to stop it it was if they need to, if they as police need to collect evidence um, for something that comes to light now, they've got my details as almost another case yeah. to for their need mm. if yeah. they need to take it further. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I have to say, when I um, put that across that that was a dead yes, I haven't had a good experience. I, I reported um, child abuse some years ago when I was about 28 but it took a lot it anyone that has gone through this it took a lot to report it took a lot of thinking a lot of processing a lot of fear a lot of anxiety just to to pluck the courage up to make that appointment to see an officer to make that statement and they were just shit and at the time luckily enough I was working with this so I knew the process I was actually going to court with women um so I knew the the system inside out and I knew that the officer didn't know that I knew my stuff um so I was at a point where I felt able to do this and they did not put me in a lovely suite uh, with a cup of tea and um soft and gentle uh, manner about them knowing that they were dealing with a disclosure of historical child abuse where I was in a little cupboard I was just shocked because I was trying to process what I was doing but shocked that I was being treated not how they say working with rape how they say that they work with victims of child abuse and rape so I was stuck in a dingy old cupboard place um no no glass of water no nothing but as we know if we're triggered and we need our brain working that it should be a, a drink or they should have their eyes on you and talking to you directly had his back to me the whole time typing away asked me if I knew how to do this on his computer um he said oh do you work with computers could you in between a statement describing the body of my any distinguishing marks of my perpetrator he stopped mid-sentence looked at me because he wasn't looking at me at that point I thought I'm not doing this and I could feel my body responding but I also knew that I wanted to do it and that officer wasn't treating me how he should have done so if I was an everyday woman going through that I would have never returned and he would have never got guilty so yeah the police did their job but he did it terribly and I did complain, um, didn't hear anything back from it, but their procedures were not correct of what they did. But I still have faith. Michaela, how, what are you thinking on it? You don't have to join in with this. No, no, my thought, no, definitely I would. I mean, even if I don't have faith in the system, I still know it's essential to report anything because one thing I learned, because that was to my peril, I didn't report something. And then the, the, if you don't, it's like, well, why didn't you report that? you know it can go it really goes against you so it's also as what was said before it can save someone else's life if you've reported this particular thing whatever it is 
because later on that same person might come up in another event or some other situation yeah so um I report I mean I made a point for me as we spoke about before I wouldn't go to, to a particular police station I went all the way to Sutton it's not it's not in my area at all totally out of my area yeah but I went to a place where I felt safe to report because mm. I know the procedures are better in place in that particular place did you did you say Sutton yeah I went to Sutton to report there and yeah. it's a lot safer the procedures are in place because yeah. if they have to report out and it costs someone else money that's not my problem because <laughs> you know yeah. if, if my local can't do it right that's not my problem you know yeah. I made sure that I went where I felt safe and I reported oh, well what done, needs to be reported yeah. and I would say do the same thing go wherever it's safe to report to the right obviously the correct authorities yeah. and get whatever is reported because you never know you never know the difference your report can make yeah yeah you know absolutely I mean when I reported that you know the two other victims right that were part of this person's abuse of child abuse and um I have no doubt so I mean and now he's been convicted of it I have no doubts that there would have been many 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 um in in that borough a lot of people don't report child abuse I'm I'm talking about now yeah until you know historical child abuse till years and years later because they're not in a place the trauma is too great to even be in a place to report this stuff quite often I'm hoping that will change as they do, do more work in schools and with young people and people you know young people understanding that this is not okay and feel safe enough to talk about it more I'm hoping that people who do disclose and these cases are younger yeah I think the interesting thing because the celebrities that have come to light who have been prosecuted or have been called out yeah. it's helped a lot more people women and men to come forward with their cases realizing that it doesn't matter if it was 30 40 years ago it can still be brought to light yeah that has really really helped I think that's been a positive um, thing Michaela thank goodness you just brought that up because it just makes me think of Jimmy Savile straight away oh and, absolutely absolutely uh, you know prolific number one offenders yeah. and, and then we've got yeah. the, the um the Hollywood stuff that's yes. been going on constantly the prince andrew stuff which um oh yeah we're gonna get sued for this now <laughs> no this is fact yeah but he, um, yeah know. he got caught up in it he got called out because he was part of and that's not that's not our problem is it i mean yeah. that's yeah that's exactly. you know that's media there it's out so yeah so you know all of this stuff out there is it doesn't it, hopefully this and i do i do believe what you've just said is it's given hope to women that felt that the the power imbalance was too great and I'm hoping that that will be now as it's come to light about the Met officers that have also done that there there's been quite some publicity that every time they seem to be arresting someone in the Met for domestic violence they're actually Mm. naming and shaming now and putting them up there and saying that we've arrested we're, we're treating them as the same we're not biased we're not you know we're not hiding our officers um that's good I feel that's good to hear Um, it's not enough for the women that have suffered at the hands of further at the hands of officers, which I've heard that on too many occasions that they have been called out and they have been misogynistic themselves and sexist and completely minimized and left the women in danger. Again, that's never, they won't have the statistics on that. It's only workers like myself that are in this or or counselors or therapists that hear that the the additional trauma they've been put through through they're not doing their job properly we're going to finish soon because we've been talking for ages i can't believe it we, i could feel like we could talk for another hour on this or maybe another 30 hours on it <laughs> like, you know it's 
I just want to put it out there. It's not knocking anyone. We just happen to divert to would we be safe enough to call the police? But this is on so many levels, um, discussions that need to be had um, because I'm sure that there will be women out there that have called the police and are, you know, screaming at us now saying, no, it wasn't like that for me. It was awful, and which it has been for some of us. Or I had such a good experience. Yes, please, you know, ring the police. So I have heard of, so I'm just going to like bring the police conversation to around a little bit, not to make it better so that we end on a good note, because we know there's a lot of work to be done. We want perpetrators in jail where they should be. We want them <coughs> named. We want them out of the system. And the only way that that is going to happen is if we take that chance, that leap of courage to actually report. That doesn't dismiss women that cannot report, that women or men, and let's not leave them out of this, women or men that cannot find the strength to, or they are far too traumatised, or they have dissociated for years and don't find this when, until they start healing, that just are not in a place to and will never report. So I don't want to leave anyone that doesn't with that um, feeling of shame or, you know, that, that you should have or the blame, because there is no one else to blame when there is violence against anyone but the perpetrators. I just want to put, wanted to put that out there. Um, Ginny, did you want to, Ginny, anyone that listens to us know that Ginny's got baby and baby's going to sleep. So she's rocking She's got her headphones on and that. Yeah, I'd probably echo that. Personally, I, I had not such a great experience with police myself. Yeah. But I now know um, from acquaintances to people that work for the Met Police. Yeah. And um, I like what they say. And I, and I suppose if they were the people that um, I had to discuss stuff to, they would have done things differently just from how I know them. Yeah. So... It's, it's changed my mind a little bit. Obviously, it's, it's not helped. It seems to be, I don't know whether, again, going back to the gender issue, because my my bad experience was with males. And obviously, these two people I know that work for um, at police are females. So and I, I'm torn because... Is it, uh, sorry, can I just, um, is, it, is it the two people that weren't very good were males or females? Yes. Yeah. Ah, so because I'm just thinking, as you're talking, there are a lot of female officers that haven't been, you, and I would expect it that from them they would be a lot more sensitive. But I don't know whether it's because, and it's the same we haven't got Shani on here because I know she's had um, experience in this. Is that female officers that have been very, very hard faced and very cold and almost like you're a woman like get on with it sort of thing how could you let this happen to you and that sort of um mm. that sort of way of talking to people that it's, it's totally unprofessional so yeah it's strange isn't it? it really is the luck of the draw of who you get mm. but this is why they're trying to increase the training they're trying to change the training for that very reason and yeah. just another a female officer did say to me don't ever be afraid to report um an officer who's treated you badly don't ever be afraid they've got yeah. systems in place just for that yeah yeah so 
hopefully it won't happen we won't need it but you know if it does happen you you, yeah. you should report straight away I think we need to see um the police and and any as another service so as we would would complain but I feel like it's that almost that hierarchy of where the the law so you know how much trouble you would get in this is my feelings is how much trouble you would get in if you if they wanted to be corrupt or anything I, I think this is my fantasy world coming in now it's, it's stuff we've watched on tv we've yeah, watched on tv too much i think yeah yeah <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> i think if we if we started to see them as an agency that are there for the public and that we can complain um and we should complain again we'll have lots of people that are feeling all different ways but please remember anyone that's listening to this this is just a discussion and we're just opening discussions on how we feel as women. And it's ours, we're owning it. So it's Michaela's feeling on how she feels and her, her life experience, what's brought her to this. Nina's, myself and um, Ginny's. And it, it may not be yours and yours will only be right for you. So I don't want you to come away with any judgment for yourself. And hopefully you won't be too angry at us. Whatever we've said, <laughs> you won't be upset at us. Well, that was interesting. I didn't know where this was going to go today, but I think sometimes we just have to go with it. So I'm hoping you've enjoyed it. There is no a, a wrong or right in, in what we discuss. We're just discussing and we have different views and just want to, you know, talk about stuff. So we hope you'll join us again at some point while we're discussing issues about women and as you know on the podcast we have um stories are our own personal ones that we have and different um speakers that have spoke about violence against women and and their different um experiences so right we're just going to say goodbye then so it's goodbye from me um take care everyone Bye. bye 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 Thank you so much for listening and hearing women's true life experiences. Don't let the conversation stop here. If you want to be part of Freedom to Talk podcast, contact me. You can link yourself in through the website at www.freedomtogethercic.co.uk. Go to the contact me page and get in touch. If you have suffered any form of trauma and would like to know more about receiving neuro-experiential online therapy from myself, please check out the website for more information. Take care and be safe.